My mama would say, you gotta fight for what is right. To her I would say, I wanna give back the world some light. But it's an empty road I feel so alone I forgot what I'm fighting for When the weight of the world Keeps you up at night When you're running with no end inside Lot you and Patriots, and today is Tuesday, January 9th in the year 2024. I think one of the most amazing parts of this time that we're in is people's willingness to accept hatred and division as a normal. I was going to talk a little bit this morning about one of these indoctrinated systems that does just that. It's called Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, DEI. It's becoming a new standard in everything across industry, hiring, what the universities are teaching. And, and the minute I say that, I mean, I almost, I just want to scream. Not really scream, but yell, because I don't scream, but I do yell once in a while. And just ask parents, like, what are you doing to your kids sending them to universities? Why are we still doing this game? Because everything that comes out of that institution is teaching people to be Hateful, divided, all under the name of these nice, smooth little, you know, capstone catch-alls, like diversity, equity, inclusion. Everyone says, oh, this is such a feel-good term. And what really strikes me is how people are so willing to accept the deception and the lie. So it's, it's something that I think we all have to reflect on very deeply. Because without us taking a step and saying enough is enough and stepping in and saying, no, this is not the way human beings should be. Then we end up in a place where literally 
we end up being part of the problem in the biggest way possible because we are the engine. And it's just amazing to me how easily it is to set people into a place of hatred. We're going to do that. We're going to also look at Romans 1, 18 to 32, which is powerful in itself, and we'll, we'll get there in just a moment. All right, before we get going, obviously we are dealing with psychopath elites. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They are psychopath elites. There's more and more material coming out to show you the level in which they despise the whole sense of humankind, despise children, how much they seek to destroy things. And as they, as you understand that, understand the risk that's at play right now, you understand as well that they're going to do everything they can to try to prevent that truth from coming out. One of those things is war, and with war comes the tools of war to destroy the systems of electronics that allow people to communicate and operate so that people become submitted to their will. That would be like an EMP. And we have to get real about that because this is literally where they are. This is I, When I say these things, I'm never about panic. It's about being, under, being reasonable about your enemy. And in good reason, everyone should prepare and be prepared to try to preserve the systems that we have Though I would agree, I would say most people would say we don't like the dependency on the electronic systems. We are nonetheless hooked into the belly of the beast by virtue of digital controllers in our vehicles, our, our ATVs, digital controllers in our solar systems if you have those or if you have an automatic generator, the same thing. Even if you have a ham radio, we're not a, unless you have an old ham radio where it's all tubes in solid state, you're going to deal with this sort of thing, a concern for an ability, even your home systems. So... This is where we need a product that would help that. It would be called EMP Shield. So head on over to empshield.com, empshield.com. Use your promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S. You're going to get $50 off free shipping. And then they're having, if you get two or more of these, which you're going to need for a household, you're going to get an additional 10% off. These devices hook into your systems, easy to attach. You can put them into your panel, your, your power panel for your house, where your breakers are, you can put them into your, I have it in the ATV, the, I have it on the Jeep, my dad has it on his vehicle, put them in your established generators, they, they're all over, and you want them house-wide as well, like I said, that's why you put them into the panel. If there is such an event, that there is an, an EMP level one, two, or three, or if there is a massive lightning strike, not that they use weather warfare for anything these days, or even a solar flare, this is going to prevent that oversurge from burning out your systems and leaving your house, your your mobility, your communications paralyzed. And it's essential. I mean, I, I would love to live in a world, and increasingly is my goal over my life to go back, not forward, Jeremiah 6.16, literally, ancient paths, to seek a way that not, there's no dependency on these sort of systems that are so digitally controlled. But we're not there. As much as I would like to think that's a great idea, we're not there. And so it's important that we preserve the systems because the one thing that we are seeing with the breakdown of supply chain logistics and all of this, these parts to repair things get increasingly difficult and they will make it difficult. And depending on how far down this rabbit hole we go at the pace and before these the monsters are pulled out of their den, as long as they have control to cause problems, they will. So again, empshield.com, empshield.com, promo code BARDS, B-A-R-D-S, $50 off and free shipping, plus uh, right now, site-wide, buy two or more and get an additional 10, 10% off, which is really awesome. Let me begin right where I kind of started, which is, I think it's an appropriate passage for everything. Romans 1, 18 to 32, which ends up being one of these passages that over, if you've been on with me for a while, you know, I've read this a number of times, which I think reflects very deeply where our world is. For God, and remember, I read AMP. So, I, if you're if you're reading along, and or you are, if you've read and know Romans, and you've read it in say King James or NASB 1995 or, or whatever version you're in, um, this the AMP provides an amount of extra wording and they provide context for meaning, which is why I like it so much. For God does not overlook sin and the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men 
who in their wickedness suppress and stifle the truth, because that which is known about God is evident within them, in their inner consciousness. For God made it evident to them. For ever since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through his workmanship, all his creation, the wonderful things that he has made, so that they who fail to believe and trust in him are without excuse and without defense. For even though they knew God as the creator, they did not honor him as God or give thanks for his wondrous creation. On the contrary, they became worthless in their thinking, godless and with pointless reasonings and silly speculations. And their foolish heart was darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory and majesty and excellence of the immortal God for an image worthless idols in the shape of mortal man and birds and four-footed animals and reptiles. I'll continue in a second. These are harsh words. And they're words that we need to pay attention to because there's a, there is an intensity within God that is something we tend to not like to have in the modern church. Instead, what we like is to have the comfort, and I'm speaking in general in the broader spectrum of the daily church. We want the self-accountability, which is probably more of an emphasis on the church, the um, guilt that they peddle. Guilt leads to people coming back to pews to be refreshed, saved again over and over in the various forms, and leads to offering plates being filled. So you're, they become peddlers of guilt not peddlers of the glory of Jesus and bringing about the church of Acts. But these are powerful words. This is an accountability. This is a, this whole passage here in Romans 1, 18 to 32. Romans 1, 18 to 32 is that entire passage is about personal accountability and accountability to him. It goes on. Therefore, and this is so powerful, God gave them over in the lusts of their own hearts, to sexual impurity, to their bodies would be dishonored, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them, abandoning them to the degrading power of sin, because by choice they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. Incredible. When you think about the, that willingness to just say, okay, here you go. You can be to yourself. Looking around the world right now, you have to ask the question if that isn't what has happened. This is the retrobate mind we're talking about. Because there's such a willingness across our nation to accept diversity in the form of hate. And that's what it is. I mean, we really want to get honest about diversity And this whole concept, which is called diversity, equity, and inclusion, is everything but that. Because everything they do is in the inversion anyway. So as we continue, for, the reason, for this reason, God gave them over to degrading and vile passions. For their women exchanged their natural function for, which is to, for that which is unnatural, a function contrary by nature, and this... In the same way, also the men turned away from their natural function of the woman and were consumed with their desire toward one another. Men with men committing shameful acts and in return receiving in their bodies the inevitable and appropriate penalty of their wrongdoing. I think you can see pretty clearly what they're talking about and it's it speaks a lot to the power of creation and the preserving of the seed and us functioning as we should within the design of God. I think what's most amazing is here we are given as creatures in this world, creations of God, let's put it that way. I am always stunned how when I watch cattle, and I'm very serious what I'm saying, 
I watch my cows. We've got 12 calves now. I, I have not seen. We're supposed to have 15, at least three more coming. I haven't seen them yet. And that was as of yesterday. So the, the calf report will continue. But there are 12 calves out there right now. And there's a total of 17 head. So that's 16 cows and one bull. Who, by the way, is very aware that the cows are soon to be at a place where they can breed again. He's letting them know regularly, just by bellowing and so forth. He's a bull. And he doesn't get confused about what his function is. And the cows are mamas, and they don't get confused about what their role is. And what's really amazing is to watch this herd together as they are and how they mother and support each other. So there's we have one red Semingus in this mix. And that one red Semingus ends up from, it's just interesting to watch. She ends up being kind of like the, the mother hen, very protective, but they'll frequently be five calves sitting around her that she'll be tending to. And then they'll join the main group or, or the mothers will be out grazing and then she will be there and overseeing those five. But they, they rotate and they don't have a question in, in the functioning of this herd. The mothers are mothers. There's no question about who they are, what their role is. And it's it really is stunning to me how what is supposed to be the most intelligent species on earth has been debased to such a level that it thinks that gender is a choice. I will guarantee you if you could have a cow talk to you or a bull talk to you, they would never even be able to process this idea of what a function is of gender. The bull is a bull, a cow is a cow, and there's never any thought in a bull's mind that a bull will become a cow and a cow will become a bull. But here, let me take it a step further. When you neuter a bull and he becomes a steer so that he can't breed, I've got news. He also doesn't get confused of whom he is. He doesn't think that suddenly because he's neutered that he's going to start he's going to start suckling calves and keep taking care of them. And so it's pretty amazing if, that what this statement says on so many levels, which again gets back in so many levels to the principle of us being in our natural state, which is Jeremiah six sixteen, the ancient paths. And how we've drifted so far away from the land, and once we get, once we disconnect ourselves from the earth as, and the reality of life, how quickly and easily we can be persuaded through the influences of words, thoughts, and ideas to step away from whom we are, who we are created to be, and what God created us to be. And then, it's, then when you start to separate us, which doesn't seem to be a very difficult thing to do for human beings, I'm not really sure why separating us from that walk with God, then game on because for the, for the enemy. Because the enemy knows at that point in time the ability to take us away from where we are and take us into places where we can start being told things like, God is imperfect and you were born imperfect, so therefore you can be more perfect than God. That's at the core of the transgender movement, by the way. It's at the core of, of the whole idea of gender studies of this gay theory that they, I should just call it pervert theory that they teach in public schools. And all this perversion that they're dumping into kids' heads, the whole core of it is to teach you, teach a child from common core to critical race theory to whatever else they call it, the next level of that, which is I'm just going to call it pervert theory. Those three things that were rolled in since 2008 under Obama, who himself is gay and his wife, and so we're not getting things confused, his wife is a man, transgender. He said it had like 17 attendants at the White House to make it look like a woman every day. That was That's a lot of effort. It also says there's a lot of ugliness there that had to be hidden, which I don't think we have any question about Big Mike. Anyway, oh, I guess I should seek forgiveness for that, judging another. Nah, I'll leave that to later. Anyway, um... The fact is that we're literally looking at 
this show that's going on before us and people are buying into the show and they're not listening to God's word. So let me finish this passage. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God or consider him worth knowing as their creator, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do things which are improper and repulsive until they were filled, permeated, saturated with every kind of unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, and mean-spiritedness. Sounds like everybody in the liberal, what we call the woke, she's called the woke movement. They are gossips, spreading rumors, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of new forms of evil, disobedient and disrespectful to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, without pity, although they know God's righteous decree and his judgment that those who do such things deserve death, yet they not only do them, but they even enthusiastically approve and tolerate others who practice them. It becomes a self-perpetuating virus cancer within their communities. And since they know that they can't recreate or procreate, and really we should say procreate as co-create, which would be better, because they can't co-create with God, which is what that expression of developing a child is. They, they seek to groom little ones that will allow their insanity to be perpetuated in this retrobate mind model, which makes what they do to me worse than what, when we say sin, I can't even express the word of how sinful that nature is because it's one thing by free will as an adult to choose a path by which we choose to violate God, to walk away from him. But as a child, innocent in the world, and connected very closely to heaven, where this purity of heart still exists, to go in and lure, corrupt intentionally, and damage a child's relationship with God when the child doesn't even know what that is that they're holding or coveting. That sort of predatorial behavior. I'm me who speaks frequently these days of love, I'm struggling to find any place of love in there other than a millstone. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm just going to speak truth, an enjoyable seat on the shore of the lake as they sink and go into the, into the lake. And I sit there and I sip a very well-made quad shot latte to watch these fools sink to the bottom of the lake. I'm probably supposed to say something for some of those out here that you should say, well, you need to have a forgiving heart and pray for them to go to Jesus. I don't know that I want that. I mean, this is my problem. And I think I'm being very honest. Okay. And I do. I seek this a lot. I think that the true power of love is that God wants us to be able to pray into them, to separate the sin from the sinner. And I, I get that. I struggle with it because of the egregiousness of this crime, which they have destroyed a child and lacking and here's here's the crux of this and so you're just hearing my testimony in my heart this morning god we know that as we forgive god not only forgives us but elevates us up greater in kingdom to where the authorities that are given to us magnify significantly and it's through that place of love that we gain the greater authorities to heal where i struggle is not that process i mean I, i'm like amen lord i yes but i struggle when before me sits a, an adult who has consciously, willingly, and knowingly gone after a child because of their lustfulness for the flesh of the innocent to try to steal that, to make that a replication of their hedonistic ways. And then to, in their version of, of co-creation with them and whatever, because they don't have any God in their heart, they are damaging a child to become like them. Biblically, we're told that the, those who do damage or cause a child to do harm are subject to millstone. That's one of those, it's extremely powerful justice that Christ thinks of because, or speaks of, because it is a, it is a crime and a punishment that is extreme, especially from 
the New Testament. So there's no question there's a criminality and there's a justice in heaven. The question that we always have to ask, and it's and it's not one that I'm just going to easily answer, because looking at that criminal criminal piece, it isn't that I want this person to go have become back to normal in society, but is it still our role, which I would say I'm already answering the question, to at least pray for that person to seek salvation in Jesus before they go sinking under the under the ocean with a millstone, and there you go is the love and justice that go together, right? But that peace, even at that, that peace of saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to pray for this person to accept Christ and seek forgiveness, that doesn't come easy. Not when you're dealing with a child or an elderly or a widow, right? This is the fools that run this world. And so one of the most heinous things that they've done right now is something called diverse diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I want to talk about this because it's I'm going to read a post this is from Colonel Rob Manis, retired on X. He just goes by at Rob Manis, M-A-N-E-S-S. And it says, the dangers of DEI indoctrination happening at the U.S. service academies. And this is getting into our military again. This is why it comes full circle. We go back to this whole place of the 231 that signed the letter and accountability. This has to go in part of the war in which we wage of accountability to the Pentagon and those communist fools that are trying to run this country into the ground. Because what they're doing is they're trying to indoctrinate hate and division. And they're trying to, they're using this mechanism, diversity, equity, and inclusion to marginalize and equalize all efforts so that there's no such thing as as achievement or or greater success, they want everything to be equal and level, which is a communist model. So let me read what he has. Considering Harvard President Claudine Gay's resignation, which I find amazing that we have a gay person with a gay name at the end, with her last name Gay. I think, I, I just see this stuff as mocking us, is all I do. And her attempt, its attempt, to paint the cause due to racism, of course, a typical diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI strategy, it is important for us to expose the efforts to indoctrinate America's future military leaders in the same Marxist ideology, just as civilian leaders like at Bill Ackman and at uh, Real Chris UFO are doing in their own, in our civilian education institutions. These are two different screen names. The United States Service Academies are the premier institutions of higher learning that play a critical role in preparing the next generation of military officer leaders. As Harvard is to the next generation of civilian leaders, which I would add in parentheses, woke fools. Because that's what Harvard has become, an institution of developing wokeness. The institutions have traditionally been known for their com commitment to academic excellence leadership development, and strong sense of ethics, honor, and duty. However, in recent years, there has been a growing push to implement DEI initiatives at these academies with the goal of creating a more inclusive and diverse learning environment. Remember, inclusion means that you now have to accept that somebody that was a man who cut off their genitals and now wears a skirt is now a woman in the military Equal in performance, though they do need an entire supply chain logistics line to keep their hormones going in the middle of war because if you take it away, they're likely to become unstable and become an active shooter amongst your ranks. But mind you, inclusion, according to these fools that are in the military, is more important than any external or internal threat. It's a deception, and it goes back to the retrobate mind. They want to live this life of defiling God and everything that they are, and they want to defile everything they touch because they are that deeply corrupted morally. They're bankrupt. Now, I can happily pray with these people and pray to have them accept Jesus, but that accountability is profound when they come there because that accountability before our king is to weep at his feet and to understand what they have done. And accountability in these people is to speak that into the world. So when you take our senior commanders like Millie, like Austin, who are leading this military, and equally leading a pathway forward that is supposed to be 
protecting that integrity of an institution and allowing this vile corruption to get into our military academies of men that want to become women and women that want to become men, which is driven at the core behind all of that by intelligence agencies. Proof, just go look at the CIA hires. This sort of equity and inclusion has nothing to do with national security, has nothing to do with higher level of performance. It has everything to do with destroying the one institution that was designed to protect and defend from enemies foreign and domestic. So again, as we've talked of for the last week of this letter, the 231, which talks about accountability, it is far beyond COVID-Con. That is the tip of the iceberg. We get into DEI and these other things of what they're doing to our institutions, and you begin to understand the magnitude of this long-term game that they play to deeply corrupt the minds of young men and women that are coming out of indoctrination. Many of are coming out of indoctrination of public schools and now the one institutions of higher learning in leadership development are now being corrupted. You start to see that the future of America is designed to be one in which men and women invert, the genitals and reproductive ability are to be severed, and that the dependency upon immigration classes and artificial birth centers is becoming the center point of their future model, which means that they control all aspects of humanity from birth, including genetic design, all the way to the performance of the great slave at the end. They do not like people like that are on that letter of, of the 231 because that represents independent thinking and alignment with the right principles of a nation. The military, according to the elites, is supposed to be a subordinate slave class, no matter what your rank, that will obey the orders blindly, challenge nothing, and do the bidding of the elite to kill and maim across the world in the name of profit and blood sacrifice. That's the system we are now living in. That is the system which we unfortunately, and this is why I said last night, and I'm going to say over and over, the greatest effect and outcome of that letter, the 231, should be the pivot of the military so that the military as an institution now says we are done playing the game and we will only be a constitutional military. And by constitutional, that means taking us to the root, which is the Declaration of Independence, which means we take to the root, which is our belief in Christ. Because the Declaration of Independence and Constitution's root was from the pulpit of the sermons that were written and spoken from the mid-1600s all the way up to 1775. In fact, the whole introduction to the, to the, to the Declaration of Independence comes from sermons spoken around 1700 all rights given to us by our creator. And then we, if you, when, for those that struggle out there that are listening, that maybe, it, maybe you're a woke person that is coming awake, which we love you, come on over. We will change you. We will bring Christ to you. We will revive you. And when we're done with you, you will be on fire for Jesus. Trust me. Because that's part of walking here with us. But for those that struggle out there with this idea, all one has to read is Romans 1, 18, to 36 to 32 and start to understand the magnitude of what we're dealing with here in a reprobate mind and how wrong it is. And if we are a country that's rooted in our creator, which is God, which is the one God, the true God, the God of hosts, which is not the Judeo-Christian model that they like to force down your throat. It is the belief in Christ model following Jesus model. That is what our country was based on. And that accountability to God means that when our rights are given to us by God, that means that we are the antithesis of what 118 to 32, Romans 118 to 32 is speaking of, which is means we are not a country built on reprobate mind. We are a country obedient to him, which means in the argument, if you are homosexual, if you are gay, if you're part of the LGBTQ movement, you are living in absolute sin and you must be saved and brought to Jesus because you are consumed by a demonic force. I will testify to the effects of watching, working with people in deliverance and watching that gay spirit leave them, the homosexual spirit leave them. This is a demonic influence upon people and probably other things, including environmental and cultural, that has now persuaded them to believe that it is better to live with one of your own kind and do the sinful acts one, one, one to with another than to live with... A, as man and woman, and to co-create with God.
going to continue reading this article. The intentions behind these initiatives are not noble, and the reality is that they are doing harm to America's future military officers, exposing the dangers of DEI indoctrination at the U.S. service academies and why these institutions must focus their meritocracy, not identity politics, is essential to America's ability to defend itself in a dangerous world. One of the most significant dangers of DEI indoctrination at the U.S. service academies is the erosion of meritocracy. These institutions have historically been merit-based, with students being selected based on their academic and leadership potential. However, the indoctrination of DEI initiatives has led to a shift towards a more identity-based approach, where students are selected based on their race, gender, or other identity markers. That's racism and division within a culture. This undermines the principle of meritocracy and is leading to a decline in the quality of education and leadership at these institutions. Like it or not, not all people are made equal in this particular world now and that there are different attributes. And while you can argue all day long that you need to have inclusion and equity to all understand one another, we need incentive to strive to be greater. Kingdom, the kingdom is not an equality environment. It's not a DEI environment, diversity, equity, inclusion. That's the one of the biggest lies out here that somehow when you, God's world is this perfect unity where all things are made equal, everybody is equal, everybody shares equally, and there is no difference in people. Mm-mm. That's the lie. That's the communist lie. That's the lie to try to pervert this concept of religion into state to where they want you to believe that God's world is where everybody's made equal. There's no difference, none whatsoever. Not true. So we literally have a major problem. I need to get a, just a real quick sound check here. I just saw somebody post no sound. Are we good? Give me a five, five if we're good. And I'm looking, there we go. All right. Thank you. So I'm continuing. So anyway, this principle that we are at right now is a complete perversion of the scriptural foundations on which this nation was built. Continuing, one of the most significant dangers of DEI indoctrination at the U.S. service academies is the erosion of meritocracy. I just read that. And however, their introduction of DEI initiatives initiatives has led to a shift towards a more identity-based approach where students are selected based on their race, gender, or other identity markers. So obviously, this undermines the principles of meritocracy and is leading to a decline in the quality of education and leadership at these institutions. Those words right there leave somebody in the woke world bristling. And typically, when you get into that, and this idea of bristling to that, it probably means you're not at the upper spectrum of intelligence and performance. You're probably on the low end and you're frustrated because your life is miserable because at the end of all of this, most everybody in the woke culture hates themselves or has a deep wound to make them hate themselves. All these things can be spiritually healed, but not when you're walking away from God. Scott Sturman, the 1972 Air Force Academy class president, highlighted this example in his Real Clear Defense article, Bring Us Warriors, Not War Fighters to match my mountain. Quote, United States Air Force Academy, USAFA, Superintendent Richard Clark's recent congressional testimony epitomized a senior military officer defending blatant sexual and racial discrimination. Under the superintendent's leadership, the academy encouraged cadets to apply for the Brooke Owens Fellowship Program that prohibited white male applicants. All other racial and sexual groups, including straight women, were eligible for the nine weeks paid fellowship at a leading aerospace company. By the way, Millie's on that letter, on the letter we wrote, he supports this stuff. I swear he's just like a fat Twinkie that wears a dress. DEI initiatives are divisive and creating an environment where students are, this is the same article by the way, Students are divided into different groups based on their identity. This is everything opposite of Christ. This is DEI. And you're looking at the core of this belief system, which is the father of lies, passing this over, like literally handing you a, 
a pile of cow maneuver manure and coating it with a, a vanilla cream icing and going here have this and people are out here like willingly slicing up pieces and going hmm cake doesn't taste right quite right but i sure love the icing this is the part i get to it's it's the insanity of this world and people see this stuff in in this lens of hatred because they come from a, a heart of hatred they, they come from a place where they've been indoctrinated to hate this nation, to hate wealth, to hate wealth accumulation, to hate those that make wealth. And at the same time, in that perversion, are turning around and worshiping this very same people that they're supposed to hate because they're being, they're applying, they're being taught to apply the principles that those people designed to destroy us and divide us. Incredible. So DEI initiatives are divisive, creating an environment where students are divided into different groups based on their identity. This is, this is leading to a breakdown of the camaraderie and unity that is essential for success in the military. Instead of working together towards a common goal, students become more focused on their own identity group, leading to the destruction of unit cohesion and a weakened a weakened military incapable of winning the nation's wars or deterring her adversaries effectively. This is the long-term strategy to weaken us completely as a nation. Look, let's be real. We're not out for a military that's going to go expeditionary across the world to support a fiat currency or force people into a petrodollar environment or a debt currency. But at the same time, there are people out here that want to destroy us. And guess what? You're looking at part of their roadmap. They didn't just, they knew they couldn't defeat us head to head in, on the battlefield. So this is where you get fifth generation warfare. They're stepping in here openly and using these mechanisms, which are being promoted by people like Larry Fink at BlackRock and Vanguard, which is the private trust company behind that, that also controls Blackstone. And Blackstone's buying up land, BlackRock's funding major boards and influences, and Vanguard's the, the puppet masters behind that that are now trying to sway industry and influence the, the donations and policies in universities and in, have infected our government using every mechanism possible, including blackmail, which is typically, politicians are typically blackmailed in sex in some for, form or another, to swing a country towards a destructive format that is anti-God, a reprobate mind that becomes normalized within a culture and steps so far away from the father that we wander into the arms of the father of lies. And the worst part about it is all of this is being done by teaching people things that they then embrace by free will and they cease to think it through or even consider it otherwise that this is something, they all think it's something good rather than bad. Another danger of DEI indoctrination is the inclusion or introduction of political bias into the curriculum. DEI initiatives are based on the ideology of critical race theory, which views society through the lens of race and power dynamics. This is straight up Marxist. This leads to a so one-sided and biased education where students are not exposed to a wide range of viewpoints and ideas. This is particularly dangerous in, in the military where the diversity of ideas and perspectives is essential for effective decision-making, which also means they're going to steer them away from the Constitution at the core of all this, right? They, come, they teach them in our military institutions to hate the constitutions. DEI initiatives are, without having to say it, by the way, just teach them DEI. DEI initiatives are leading to a lack of freedom of expression at the U.S. service academies. Students feel pressured to conform to a certain set of beliefs and values and are afraid to express their own opinions for fear of being labeled as racist or sexist. This is stifling, stifling critical thinking and exchange of ideas, which is essential for a healthy educational environment. It's worse than that. Once you get a military thinking this way, it can now see its own citizens that it was designed to protect and defend as domestic terrorists because when you stand for the Constitution and they say, but you are not an inclusive thinker, you're not thinking of critical race theory, therefore you, yes, you are a domestic terrorist, you are a threat to our nation, you can turn a nation, you can turn a military on its own people easily, on a dime. Your leadership becomes hand puppets for the elite and they become fools within the game of power and politics. And that's literally reflective in every single one-star general we have in our country right now. One-star leader, which is called a flag officer, which is one-star to four stars. Every one of them, not, let me put it this way, not one of them, not one of them stood up against this illegal order of COVID con. So whatever has happened, this indoctrination of DEI and other 
concepts has in, infiltrated their mind, which is evident with Millie. I swear if we could, I, I just think like Millie walks in and he like gets a demon that goes into his head and takes him over. I wish it was that easy. Instead, he eats a lot of Twinkies. That's evident by his fitness status right now. And this is where we are. A leadership that is weakened, that the true power of leadership in this nation is not coming. And you'll notice it is not coming from our, our senior leadership class. It's coming from a tier, a complete one to two tiers down. You're seeing the lieutenant colonels, Pete Chambers, Brad Miller. You're seeing the lieutenants, Mark Bashaw, who was on last night. You're seeing the operators, Cam Hamilton, Corey Terry. You're seeing the, the colonels, which is Commander Rob Green, equivalent to a colonel in, 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 the, in the Navy. These are the people that are sitting here looking at the, the effect of this in our nation and standing up and saying, uh, no. And you start to understand when you get into the DEI piece of how critical this is in saving the nation, which is super important. A little bit more on this article, I just want to finish it. There are also a number of unintended consequences that arise from the implementation of DEI initiatives. For example, the focus on identity leads to the lack of attention on other important factors, such as academic achievement and leadership potential. This is literally developing a country of idiocracy, if you haven't seen that film. These results... This results in students being admitted to the U.S. service academies who are not fully prepared for the rigors of military training and education. No, they want to wear skirts, flip their gender, and consider that equity is more a bigger threat than domestic terrorism coming across our border. And then even then, they would I, I could just hear these men like screaming like little girls and running away in their skirts. Oh, oh, and then trying to make peace with the enemy at any cost. That's what you're getting here, which is how you destroy a nation from within. So another example is the negative impact on recruiting and retention. While there is a concerted public relations effort to ascribe the military's recruiting and relationship retention crisis to anything other than DEI policies, the organizations stand together against racism and radicalism in the services called stars.us has documented over a thousand comments from military members, veterans, family members, and prospective recruits that confirm how recruiting and retention are in crisis due to their policies. The U.S. Service Academy must return to a focus on meritocracy, not identity politics. The implementation of DEI initiatives has severe negative consequences happening right now, including the erosion of meritocracy, divisiveness, political bias, a lack of freedom of expression, and the recur recurring cycles. The inst institutions must be committed to providing a world-class education and leadership development, and this can only be achieved by selecting and educating students based on potential, not identity. Okay. This letter, the 231, this letter is not about separation, and yet it is. And I'm speaking for myself, not the writers on this letter. This is my opinion on this letter, which I put my name on. But it is ultimately about separation. Not open separation. But what we're seeing here, when we dig into the core of what's really rotted the military, and DEI is a critical part of it, diversity, equity, inclusion. When you understand what it's doing by separating out people that are a threat and creating everybody that is supposed to be equal and obedient, this takes us back to the Book of Enoch. This is the fall. This is the difference. This is where the root of the fight always goes. Free will to choose God and to receive the mantle of gifts and the inheritance which he wants to give for those that seek him and seek his love versus Satan's way, which is to be obedient to him, being told how to worship, who to worship, and to limit ourselves through him, limit the potential through Satan himself. God puts no limits on our ability and greatness in the world. In fact, inheritance in his inheritance model, and you look at that, God wants us to be as great as him, considering he's of all things. The lie is to think that in this material world, that that is your highest achievement. That's the destruction point. We're in a fallen world. The fight here in the, in the core is we are looking at two militaries in parallel right now, just not at all missed. You have veterans and internal people that are calling for a military of and for the people, by and for the people, which is a republic 
of the Republic of the United States based, which is rooted in the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights, which takes us to the root of its, its embedded in Scripture and the Word of God. On the other side, you have this other model, which is anti-founding fathers, anti-origin of this country, anti-everything in our guaranteed rights. It is anti-free speech. It is anti-gun uh, Second Amendment. It is anti-everything because it looks at a guilt model that now says God is imperfect because you can't have identity politics and you can't have transgenderism without acknowledging in that belief system that God is imperfect because you were born screwed up, according to them, and by the culture which you live in this physical world, the fleshly world, only there will you determine what your true intent is. This is a heinous attack on humanity. So at the core, the only way forward, as I have said, me speaking independently of the 231, I need to make this very clear, because I don't know where they stand on this, and I'm not trying to include anybody in it, but this is my position. The only way forward is for us to set up a provisional government to separate ourselves from this current corrupted hellhole that they're trying to create on earth. This institution of vile corruption that has no moral foundation and to separate a line. Now this could be, you can fight that from within to take the institutions over from within, which is essentially what we're talking about here with the letter. But at the end of the day, you're not walking parallel with these people. You're walking against these people and you have to. You have to denounce these people. You have to condemn these people. You have to condemn them in the name of the Lord. You have to condemn them in the name of what is morally right. You cannot stand with them. You can't try to say, oh, it's okay. We can get along and somehow figure our way through. We do not compromise with this level of evil. And that's what inclusion and diversity wants you to do. They want you to say, well, hey, and this is, a, this is so powerful from a confused pulpit. Hey, Jesus loved everybody. So why aren't you including us? So what happens? Churches start throwing up LGBTQ flags, which I just should nickname as the pervert pedophile flag because that's what they do. And this is where the, the weak pulpit has succumbed to the true power of the, of the living God. I'm sorry, re rephrase it. The weak pulpit has succumbed to the power of the father of lies and has stepped away from the power of the living God. That's my correction, excuse me. Flowing too fast. This powerful, powerful moment that we're in here is a choice. We're back to Romans 18, 1, 18 to 32. Whom do you serve? And at the root of this nation, we are at this precipice. Whom do we serve? So we, there is no more middle ground. If you're going to be part of a in diversity, equity, inclusion thinking, you are anti-God in the structure in which it's being presented in this world. You do not believe in what God created. You not, do not believe in the one body of Christ. You believe that there are people that are imperfect, that are lesser, that everybody needs to be equal, and that there's no difference in the body of Christ, and even more so that it's okay to exclude people. Christ does not exclude. And the other side says we have a meritocracy in a way. It's obvious. You have to accept Christ. And even when you accept Christ, it's a process of continuing seeking him. And there are different levels of anointing that come in that structure. You can accept Jesus. You're going to go to heaven. Great. That doesn't mean that you're going to necessarily receive the gifts of healing or of deliverance or of greater knowledge or special knowledge or prophecy or apostolic. I mean, because a lot of that deals with how hard you pursue the relationship with God and are willing to let God burn away the dross. That's a meritocracy in form. It is not an equality model of DEI. And at the core of their religion, their religion is defined in DEI. It is being permeated in every institution. So we're not about trying to all hug arms and sing kumbaya. This is a war. And our war is of the spirit, and our war is waged in the spirit. And that is at the core of one of the principal missions we have. Spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. And spread it with the passion of your heart and the power of Holy Spirit in everything you do. Our walk is obedience to him in the glory of what God gives us. Because within that realm of obedience, we gain the most incredible and fantastic ability for us to embrace and love into him. It's truly amazing.
and we gain freedom and we gain unbelievable ability to work within the world because we end up being, as part of our inheritance, we are the princes and priests of the world, not the slaves to the elite who try to dictate to those down them, below them. You must all get along and we must exclude certain races and classes for you to learn the lesson of what it is to be unified. And therefore, until you are all equally stupid and dumb and retarded and equally anti-God, only then will we recognize you as a people worthy of receiving the crumbs from the loaves of bread that we stole. That is this current model that they're trying to push upon people. And sadly, this is all coming from our education system. It's all coming from our corporate boardrooms. And at the root of all things is the corruption of money and the concern for status and power. It's there. And that gets us back to Romans 118 to 32, the reprobate mind. We need to pray for people. We need to pray for them. We need to lead them to Christ. We need to lead them to understand the passion of the body of Christ, the power of what that represents in their lives, what it means to step in with the anointings that can be offered to you, the greater works beyond the world of the flesh, building up our wealth in the, in the realms of heaven, not in the realms of earth, and setting people free. Those principal words become the driving force. Set ourselves free, keep ourselves free, help others to become free. When we do that, that's our greatest mission. So it doesn't, the mission of winning becomes a one-to-one -one operation, bringing one, uh, one another, raising up one another as iron sharpens iron to lift them up in the body of Christ and to speak into the world that way. Let's pray. Father, as we step into this morning and we humble ourselves before you and dig into this structure of DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, it's it's the Pandora's box which stands before us as we open it up and realize how corrupted this virus is to the very root of the structure in which this world was intended to be created. It gets us into the, the mightiness of the words spoken in Romans 1, 18 to 32, and getting into the corrupted mind and the willingness to step away from the creator to serve the creature. So Father, it is a powerful moment where as we step back and reflect, and pray into this and against this to break that stronghold. And we do, for we pray against it and we rebuke this DEI in such an amazing way with the powers and forces given to us in the name of Jesus, that we pray into this to sever those ties and bonds that are created to bind people to a belief system, which is not setting them free, but binding themselves to a darkness of a Lord of lies, the father of lies, to twist them and step them away from the true and gloriful relationship with you. And so, Father, we're praying into the hearts that are being corrupted and infected by this as we equally pray against the puppet masters of this thinking, as we pray against those that are using their sexual perversion to try to groom young children and young adults into being like them. We're praying into a purity of mind and a clarity of thinking and an awakening within the spiritual heart of each person to lift them up in a mighty way. And we say, we rebuke the evil. And we cast out that evil. And we cast that to the feet of Jesus. And Jesus, we say, in your name, we declare that the hearts of these young men and women will be awakened within the passion of the love for you, to seek you and to pursue you in the greatest ways, and to step away from all of the lures that come along, even if that means stepping away from the academic institutions that are spitting this horrific scum into the minds of their of these of these innocents we have to break an ideology ideological stronghold that unfortunately is coming from a very and deeply perverted class of people and so father we pray into their hearts in a in a mighty way one for accountability before the throne to literally have them humbled before jesus to have an experience so profound that they know truly whom they serve and that the choices that these adults make from there forward that is ultimately the hand of judgment that falls for they can either seek Jesus, find a place to repent and put themselves before the throne, or they can choose to go their own way and suffer the consequences of turning their back on the living God. That is our prayer. But equally, Father, for those innocents that are being subjected to this, we truly pray a hedge of protection around them, especially our leaders of all forms, whether it's at university or at our service academies, a hedge of protection around them as if putting on a 
helmet of salvation that filters out these words and every word that is spoken in darkness ignites the fires and passions of righteousness within the heart to seek Jesus and to seek the truth, to step aside from the crazies and start proclaiming the name of the Lord and, and our Savior within these institutions in spite of any challenges that may come or consequences that may come. Let the word of Jesus become the word of the revolutionary radical call to restore this nation's service academies and academies back to the throne. And let this revulsion of thinking be cast out and may those speaking it find their tongues in such a way that they can no longer speak this without feeling the power of accountability before the living God, that every person that speaks this in this nation, every person that comes forward and says to speaks of the tenets of DEI, which it goes to the root of racism and exclusion, not inclusion. Let the power of the living God, the presence of whom they are now speaking against be known. Let it be felt in their heart. Let that shudder them into the very core. Let it send fear to the very root of who they are and let them be set before the throne in such a way that they begin to weep and beg and pray for repentance for what they have done. So, Father, we pray a blessing over this nation to raise up the glory of your word, to not live a word of fear, but to live a word of life. And so we do speak life into this nation, and we cast out the concepts of the spirit of death. We rebuke the spirit of death as we continue each day, as we will, to speak life into a nation and to the followers of Jesus. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. So important. Pray against the strongholds. Pray against this enemy constantly. Use the authorities given to us. And the more that we do, the farther we go, the greater we are within this world. We are doing the service and doing the duty that we're intended to be. For we are now a remnant fighting against an evil that is trying everything it can to take root in the hearts of the innocent to corrupt them. That can't stand. For our job is stewardship at the end. Patriots, tonight we've got Brad Miller on, former battalion commander, 101st Airborne. Looking forward to it. It'll be another great discussion about this letter. So keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bat at evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom, subdue the enemy, mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tonight for Bards FM. Until then or until the next time, God bless and out for now. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, meet any hardship, support any friend, oppose any foe, to assure the survival and the success of liberty. Every thoughtful citizen who despairs of war and wishes to bring peace should begin by looking inward, by examining his own attitude towards the possibilities of peace. Too many of us think it is impossible. Too many think it is unreal, but that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that mankind is doomed, that we are gripped by forces we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made, therefore they can be solved by man, and man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond human beings. Man's reason and spirit have often solved the seemingly unsolvable, and we believe they can do it again. Surely the opening vistas of space promise high costs and hardships, as well as high reward. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer, to rest, to wait, but this city of Houston, this state of Texas, this country of the United States was not built by those who waited and rested and wished to look behind them. This country was conquered by those who move forward, and so will space.
We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. The energy, the faith, the devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. thousands of years to show its face. It has only one intent, to destroy God's light and to enslave. It has no scruples, it has no rules but one, to win at any cost. But we will never bow, for we are the remnant that will hold the line. This is war. We fight. Push. We climb. We never give in. We become the nightmare that evil didn't know could exist. We pray. We stand. We live by the words in God we trust. We fear nothing. We are the light that can never be extinguished. We are patriots. We are the digital army that will help deliver God's wrath. <laughs> 